Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Relentless you are, Stephen A. <laughs> Never change. You hate to see it. Listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests will join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Shay Cornet and Jordan Cornet here filling in, doing, having a great time doing it. Oh, I yeah. don't know that they're ever going to ask us back. <laughs> it's been a lot of yelling. Hey, we, 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 got our, we got our money's worth. Yeah. We got it in for these last <laughs> two right. days here. That's right. Um, all right. We are going to go to that Shell Pennzoil performance line, and that's where Tard, Todd Archer, our ESPN Cowboys insider and reporter, joins us. And, Todd, yesterday the Cowboys lost badly to the Washington football team, 41-16. to A lot of issues. Let's start with the fake punt. Because that seemed to be the point where I think most of us were looking at the TV screen and saying, what are we doing here? What is going on with the Cowboys? Um, I know Mike McCarthy defended that after the game, but what was your takeaway from a coaching standpoint in yesterday's game? I I thought he gave the game away. The the Cowboys are down four at that point. Uh, They don't have their either starting tackle. They lost him in the first drive. Obviously, this whole season has gone poorly. This isn't the same team that you thought you had coming into the season. So, in my mind, you have to coach a little bit differently and maximize the opportunities you have. And in that situation, keep it a game. Punt the ball, and if they get a field goal, they get a field goal. It's still a one-possession game. If they score a touchdown, well, you've at least made them drive the field. Um, and in this situation, the momentum of the game was completely gone. They were throwing the, They were going to throw a pass to a punter who has been on the team for three weeks, that's where the ball was designed to go to. I don't know if Hunter Nicelander can catch the ball or not. He's a pretty good punter, but in that situation, it just seemed to be a gamble that was not worth taking, and you cost your team the game right there because Washington scored on the very next play. Todd, there's got to be some uneasiness about paying all this money to a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. Coach McCarthy doesn't use him on the fourth and one, instead, fourth and inches. Instead, they decide for Andy Dalton to try and thread the needle with a, a very much defended C.D. Lamb incomplete turnover on downs. But then also you look at Ezekiel Elliott, and he, he rushes for 30-something yards. His sixth fumble of the season, the fifth one he's lost this year. Uh, what, are, what is going on with him, and do you assess it by saying, quite simply, there's been a lot of injuries on his offensive line? feels deeper to me than that. That's definitely part of it. The offensive line, they're on 13 or 14 different combinations that they've had to play this season. Uh, because of injuries. As I said, they lose Zach Martin, Cam Irving in the first drive. But you're right, it it does go deeper than that. But I will say four days ago, or or five days ago now, when they they played Minnesota, Zeke had his best game, had over 100 yards rushing, Mm -hmm. really carried the Cowboys in many respects. Uh, And and you thought that they found their formula to winning again by leaning on him. And then this game, you know, Washington is a really good front seven loaded with first-round picks, and and they did it. They've stopped him now twice this season uh, from really doing much of anything. But, you know, he, he doesn't appear to have the same juice that he had earlier in his career. Uh, I think some of that might be tied to the line being pl- the, and how it's going. It, you got to add in the fact that it's the backup quarterback playing. You don't have the threat of Dak to make the big plays that he made early in the season. So that puts even more attention on you. There, there's a whole bunch of reasons, and Zeke is definitely part of it. Um, but, again, five days ago we were saying, wow, Zeke looked like Zeke again, and this is how the Cowboys want to play. And then they come out in fourth and inches, and you say, as you said, they throw a contested pass to C.D. Lamb outside when you have a $90 million running back. Like, what? <laughs> why get so cute? It's a little bit like the fake punt. Why get so cute in that situation? 
Right. So inconsistency, inconsistency seems to be the problem here. Todd Archer with us now, ESPN Cowboys reporter on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We're talking about that Cowboys loss to the Washington football team yesterday, 41 to 16. So here's what Jordan and I were talking about earlier. It seems like this is not an Andy Dalton, not a quarterback problem. And I think earlier in the season, that's the, all we could talk about with the Cowboys was the quarterback situation. And I think everyone's longing for those days now. So take the quarterback out of it. And I hate to ask you to do this, Todd, but I'm going to. If you had to kind of place blame or spotlight an area that really is a problem here, where would it be? And it could be anything from coaching decisions and the coaching staff to the offensive line to Zeke, whatever it is. But I think we can maybe all agree it's no longer just the quarterback position. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Dalton played fine yesterday. There were some plays I'm sure he'd want back. And the the, the pick six at the end of the game, the game was over by then, you know, who cares about that one in some respects, unless you, you had money on the game. Um, hmm. But if you look at this season, I mean, it, it's, there, there's, there's blame to go around and the percentages of it. I mean, you know, here in Dallas, you throw everything on Jerry Jones mostly, but you know, Mike McCarthy's first year has been anything, but w- what anybody would have expected. And it just looks like it just looks disorganized. You, you thought coming from that Minnesota game. Okay. That was a, that's what the team he thought that they were going to look like after they locked that, lost Dak. And then they go back to what they look like early in the season. They can't stop the run. Uh, you know, Washington has 190 some odd or 80 yards uh, rushing the ball. They, they, they turn the ball over too much. Um, they make poor special teams decisions. By the way, guys, they had, they had to call a timeout in the second half because they had 14 guys on the field, not 12, <laughs> not 10. 14 three guys ran off the field like what where's the organization and I think that falls on Mike McCarthy um he's made some strange decisions this year and that that may be analytics based and may not be analytics based at at, at different times in games um he's going to get a benefit of the doubt year this year because of everything with 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 COVID and and all the injuries losing Dak and things like that but he's going to enter 2021 with I hate the term hot seat, but I think there's going to be some, it'll be at least be warm as he's entering it. And it's only going to be his second season as coach. Who would have thought a day after a holiday here, we're talking about all these hot seats in the national football league, John or Todd Archer. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. You got it guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the other side. Now let's go to John Kime. He's our ESPN, ESPN Washington football team reporter. So he's on the other side of this. Now we just talked about the Cowboys and how badly they lost. Well, the Washington football team looked really good yesterday, John. And, and I think Alex Smith, we talked about how the, the quarterback, not the problem for the Cowboys. Alex Smith seems to be part of the answer in Washington. And my goodness, what he has overcome to become that starting quarterback and to get the, the Washington football team in this position is remarkable. What did you make of Alex Smith's performance yesterday? I thought it was very Alex Smith-like. And I think that, and I say that in a good way, because we've kind of gotten past the, hey, is he going to stay healthy you know, what's he going to be? Well, he's back to where he was. And I think that that encompasses a lot of things. I mean, you know, he's, he can manage the game and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way because that's what he's been done. That's what he's done in his career. I mean, he's got like, he has now like 96 career wins. And I think in 43 of them, he's thrown for 200 yards or less. That's because he just, he does the things that you know how to do to win. Now the interception was bad. Um, and it's, you know, that's, not that wasn't good, but otherwise he just, he knows what to do. He's going to get to his check downs quick to give them a chance to run after the catch. 
Um, and he just he doesn't make a lot of killer mistakes. He'll put you in a good spot. I think the other thing that he gives them is one. There's I think players get some inspiration from him being out there. But I think now we've moved again and moved a little bit past that to the wisdom and the experience he brings out there to them. And Isaiah Wright, one of their rookie receivers, was saying that sometimes he'll just he'll tell, Alex Smith will tell him the play just to make sure he's got it. And he said it lets him play um, without being nervous. And and I think he does it. There's a very young group around him. So having somebody out there like that is serves as a calming influence. And I think that's I think that has made a difference. I also think for the coaches, because he's a veteran, he's smart, and he understands the offense. They can get to different plays in that playbook that maybe they weren't going to be able to able to do with younger, less experienced quarterbacks. John, I, I did not expect to be asking this the day after Thanksgiving, understanding the position that the 36-year-old Alex Smith had been through, the 17 surgeries, thought he may lose his leg, potentially even his life, and now he's the quarterback uh, for a, a division-leading team there in the NFC East in this Washington football team. And now I'm in the position to ask you, John, uh, the future for Alex Smith. <laughs> is, is, is there a real chance that this is the starting quarterback in 2021 for Washington? Well, you didn't expect to ask that. I didn't expect to be answering that. <laughs> because, because we, you know, all along the way, it was always like, well, there's no way he can get past this hurdle. Well, yeah, he's back here, but there's no way he'll play. Well, now he's on the roster, but there's no way he could be an effective starter. And now here we are. So I think, I think a lot of it, honestly, I don't know, because I think they're still in the process of figuring it out themselves. And there is four, there are five more games to go. They have Pittsburgh up next. They have, you know, teams like Seattle, San Francisco coming up. How does he fare against those teams? What, what's the difference? Um, I don't know how much he wants to keep playing. I don't know that yet. And I, but I think he has to be in the conversation for at least, listen, he's under contract. He would count $23 million against the salary cap next year for a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's a good price. So it, it, I don't think they you know, have to move on from him. I think the question will be more so maybe at this point is, do they go out and draft another quarterback? I, you know, my under, it sounds like they're certainly going to look at them hard in the draft, or at least you know, scout them because you have to. It's a good class. They may be in position to get one. Uh, I think that might be the bigger question because if you are going to do that again and let's say they move on from Dwayne Haskins, then you do want an Alex Smith around to help a guy like that. We've seen the impact he can have on others in that role. So, I, but I don't know. I think there's still it's 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 an unfolding story, and it's kind of fascinating because again, I'm not going to say he's not going to be there because every step of the way he's he's done what you haven't expected, and so I think you know that, that that's where we're at. We're talking to John Kime, ESPN Washington football team reporter. And before we let you go here, John, quickly, how important has Ron Rivera been to this team? I mean, it just seems like this team, even when you lose games, they got that fight in them that Ron Ron Rivera, especially this year, really embodies. How how has he been the difference? Well, I think I think a lot of it is and you see. I think you have to see how teams play and are they reflecting that. And I think you're right about that. And I think a couple things help with that. I mean, it's a very it's a young roster, so you have a lot of guys: the Chase Youngs, the Terry McLaurins, Antonio Gibson. They come with energy, and so I think when you have that, you're able to stay upbeat when you're two and seven. And I think that's one of the things they've done. I think with Ron Rivera, what you hear from the players is the consistency of his message and his demeanor. And I think that helps too, because 
I think they knew they were going to struggle early. There was so much working against them, like a lot of teams, pandemic, young roster, you know, young quarterback, et cetera. So they knew they were going to struggle. So I think they had to preach a consistent message. I think that's one of the things he's done. And it's obviously been very difficult for him because he had to deal with the cancer that fatigued him, that took him away from being able to do certain things. Again, I think that also in some ways, like Alex Smith, it, it inspires guys. It galvanizes a team to a degree. Um, but I do think it's that the demeanor, the approach, and the consistent message to the players. Now, the public might say he's been inconsistent with some, but the players will tell you he's been consistent. So that, I think, adds up to it. And listen, let's not they haven't played, they haven't beaten these great, great teams, but they are playing better. And I think that's one of the things they have to hang their hat on right now, especially. Yeah, without a doubt. John Keim, ESPN Washington football reporter. Thanks so much for the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protecting your small business is a big deal. Cover what you've worked so hard for. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. When you start the football season, everybody has goals. Win another one. There's nothing better than winning. I think we can be great. You know, whatever type of achievements you can put together, you know, you play to win. Guns are long for the end zone. Touchdown! He got it! Some more Murray magic. If we have time on that clock, we're going to find a way to score some points. Just keep swinging. Keep believing. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Every opportunity you get, you're always thankful. It's a series of one-game seasons. You empty the tank, and then you got to fill the tank back up for the next week. All right, let's get to take your pick. I'm going to give you two quarterbacks, Jordan, that are facing off against one another this weekend. You're going to tell me who you're picking. Which quarterback do you trust more? Different than team. I'm talking about just the quarterbacks. Here we go. Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. Again, not the teams, not who's going to win. Which quarterback do you trust more, Ooh. Justin Herbert or Josh Allen? I don't know. They're both big athletic quarterbacks. They're both very accurate guys when they're on. But Justin Herbert's more consistently accurate. Justin Herbert and what he's doing in this rookie season, it, he's on a historic pace. This guy has shown me a ton, and for that reason, I have to pick Justin Herbert. Josh Allen misses on the, the home run play more than I would like. Uh, whereas Justin Herbert seems to be able to have every throw in his bag. I'm big on this guy. I like his confidence. I like how unflappable he is. I like how comfortable he's become in adjusting in this league already. Josh Allen's a mega talent, but in terms of the consistency, I'm still unsure uh, from week to week. Less of that than I felt in the previous years with Josh Allen, but I still have a little bit of that lingering. I am fully comfortable watching Justin Herbert perform. I couldn't disagree with you more. Give me Josh Allen, Josh Allen all day. You're just thinking about the two interceptions he had against the Arizona Cardinals. So short-term memory, which is fine. That's cool. Justin Herbert has not shown me anything in late-game situations. Not at all. The Chargers have found ways to lose, whereas the Buffalo Bills, I actually think Josh Allen's deep ball has much improved. He's much more accurate. It's something he worked on tremendously this offseason. He's more accurate. He still misses a few of those deep balls. Sure, he does. Um, But Josh Allen, two games ago against the, the the Seattle Seahawks put up over 400, 400 passing yards. I know it was against a Seattle defense that is bad, especially against the pass. However, I think Josh Allen, and, and also he's not a rookie. Give me not a rookie, especially not one on a winning team every day of the week. So I'll take Josh Allen. Let's move on. Ryan Tannehill against Phillip Rivers. Oh, it's a good one. I would look Phillip Rivers when he's good. 
or when he's just not really bad. When he's not, when he has those really bad games, the Colts are they're screwed. But he's starting to trend in the position of taking care of the football. But he's still good for one. He's still good for one of those massive mistakes that puts the Colts behind the eight ball. Look, Ryan Tannehill, gifted with Derrick Henry in that backfield, allows him to not seem to have to do as much. But if you look at Phillip Rivers, he's gifted with the defense and a, and a, a pretty good running game in its own right. But Ryan Tannehill is just more safe. And I'm going with the safer quarterback here. I'm going with Ryan Tannehill. You're going with Ryan Tannehill? Because the, the only question mark with the Colts, that team that I'm so high on in the AFC, is Phillip Rivers. That's what it's going to be with this team is, will he make one of those boneheaded mistakes that is ultimately the undoing. You always Ryan come, Tannehill you just doesn't always, seem to do it. It just takes time, but I always get you to see what I'm seeing somehow, some way. Uh, yeah, I mean, give me Ryan Tannehill. You, I mean, you love the Colts. I love the Titans. Love if the we're Colts. picking these two teams, and we have been debating these two teams. It feels like the whole season for some reason because they just seem similar. Um, I know that the Colts got the best of the Titans the first time around. I don't think it's going to go that way this time. Give me Ryan Tannehill for this reason only. Ryan Tannehill has 22 touchdowns to four interceptions. Phillip Rivers, 14 touchdowns to eight interceptions. The gap, a little too narrow for me with Phillip Rivers. You're right. I think Phillip Rivers is the type of quarterback where the team feeds off his success. If he turns the ball over, the entire team seems to collapse. He plays well, the entire team plays better. That's not the case for a lot of football teams. I'm going to use my Bears for an example. They feed off the defense's success, obviously because their offense is inept, but they feed off big plays on the defensive side of the ball. It all goes through Phillip Rivers. So to me, give me Ryan Tannehill because I think there's more pieces around him that can make him look good. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. This is a good one. You going for the goat, Tom Brady? Are you going for the new kind of creeping little baby goat and Patrick Mahomes? Uh, what ba- is a baby goat? Is there a ba- name for goat, a baby, baby goat? Baby goat works, although he's not such a baby, and there's hundreds <laughs> of millions of reasons why he ain't a baby anymore. Patrick Mahomes has a, has a rhythm, has a chemistry with uh, the guys calling the shots on the sidelines there uh, yeah. with Andy Reid. Yes. And not to mention Very he's a, a, a talent like we haven't seen quite possibly ever in this league and all the weapons. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP every year he's healthy in this league. Tom Brady was that, and naturally age came into this thing, but also Bruce Arians and his stubbornness of how he wants his offense to go. So not only is Tom Brady fighting defenses every week, he's fighting with what this offense is going to be with his own head coach. And for that, uh, and and just simply how talented Patrick Mahomes is, I'm going Mahomes. Okay, um, any other year, meaning if Tom Brady was with Bill Belichick, I would have taken Tom Brady. In a minute. I don't even care if they were coming off a Super Bowl win. I don't care if the Chiefs had a winning record. I would have taken Tom Brady had he still played with Bill Belichick. This year? Oh, no. I 100% am going with Patrick Mahomes for the same reason that you said. They have chemistry on the offensive side of the ball with their coach, with their offensive coordinator, with their weapons, with their offensive line. Everything Seems to be seamless. Even if it's not, that's what it appears to me, and that's what I like. I don't like all the dirty laundry that I've seen from the Buccaneers, not even a little bit. I don't like that Tom Brady's not the best version of himself. And being a married couple here. Yeah, bring it back to the marriage. And Jordan Cornette here filling in for Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. A uh, a marriage gem here? A relationship gem? What do you want in a partner? Someone who brings out the best in you. Yeah. Bruce Arians is not bringing out the best in Tom Brady. Why would I go with that? He's, stu- he's stubborn. You know a little bit about being stubborn. I know sometimes. a little bit about being stubborn, but I know how to turn it around. See, you like know. I just yeah, did. Yeah, like yeah I that's just what you did. do. That smiles. So I right. to say no. She's smiling at me. That's when right. she smiles at me, that's it's right. world. Uh, so give me Patrick Mahomes. Here we go. Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz. I mean, why are they? Why is that even on the sheet? Why is that even an option? Get madder than that. 
Well, Get more angry than this that. This is crap. Like, why is this even a choice? Well, I, I, Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz? I'm just happy you're yelling at Evan, the producer, now instead of me. This is a nice change of pace. Look, that's the matchup. You're, they're doing the matchups. What are we, are we even, is it even Carson Wentz? Give me Carson Wentz. Let's go. No, there's no way I'm uh, doing I was that. like, walk home. League high 14 <laughs> Do not drive with me. Uh, he, it, this, you know what this should be? <laughs> this should be Russell Wilson versus Jalen Hurts. That's what okay. this question should oh, be. Oh, because that would make a difference. Would you take Jalen Hurts over It'd Russell Wilson? It'd still be one, but I, your yelling would at least be intriguing for the fact that we, we went gutsy and threw Jalen Hurts in there. <laughs> but Doug Peterson and these Eagles aren't gutsy enough to do that. They should make that call. I don't care about the $121 million you're oh, you paying Carson Wentz. Okay, you don't care about $121 Inject million. Inject some life into your team. You've got Funny. a shot still. Look what Washington did yesterday. They're playing with a quarterback who, who didn't know if he was going to keep his right leg and was out there and won the game. Jordan, you lost like pennies because you bet on the Dallas Cowboys yesterday and you say let's not care about hey, babe, 100 I, I wish it were pennies all right I, I keep thinking so let's care about keep money it's pennies. here's the moral of the My story let's is, start caring about here, money let me see let me tell you why I took it to Alex Smith Alex Smith injected a life into a locker room that guy as we as we just heard from John Kime is a guy that these guys go to he's a leader he's created a little bit of a juice there along with coach Rivera in Washington to make this team feel like they're playing for something what if you move to Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts shows not what he's been so far in the packages they've used where he's been fumble prone and completely uh, rendered uh, ineffective so far, but what if he comes out there and plays some good football? What if they inject some life into themselves and th- this Eagles team, which has a chance with a win to return to the top of the league, is in again in position? I don't know how much longer you can keep riding with Carson Wentz as every week it continues to look worse. I don't firmly blame only Carson Wentz for what's going on, but he's got to take ownership for how bad he has looked. And I think my man is fully inside his own head right now and is questioning his own talent, and maybe it's from the injuries that he's facing back-to-back seasons, but he's not the Carson Wentz from 2017. If he could just be the Carson Wentz from 2018-18-19, maybe, but all the way, this is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's got to take care of the football, though. He's got to start taking care of football week in and week out. You talked way too long about Carson Wentz when he's not even the answer. The answer because clearly it's here, here. We know is the you answer. answer with Russell Wilson. No, it's not obvious. Russell Wilson never. I don't care that he's turned the ball over more in the last Ten few times? games. In the last few games than he has in, in years past, essentially. You Russell Wilson never gets the credit he deserved, and you just did it again. What? You're no. talking about the Eagles and Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts on and on about him when Russell Wilson is the clear-cut answer here. Well, he also still you are still so angry. Still deserves MVP votes because you're it's yelling like, at why heaven. Is that the question? You're yelling at me. I can't I'm believe j- this question. I just want two seconds to just say this. It's what? obvious Russell Wilson's the choice. I was just talking about a quarterback that his job you is in jeopardy. You went on and on about Jalen. You are Hurts. way too fired up. Way too. Fired oh, you're up. telling me. You're you telling way, me I'm way too fired up. Way too fired up. That I'm you know you know what up. you know what you know what Evan did there. It's cool. It's, I'm he too took fired Russell up. Wilson and Carson Wentz, and it got you more fired up than anything today. So instead of hating on producer <laughs> Evan, I think maybe you should sing no, his praises because he injected some life into you in this conversation right here. Just, Advantage Evan. <laughs> it was just while too your early threats for are me being get, thrown around here. It was too early for me to get wired earlier. You know, like uh, be annoyed with you about. Well, something. you're in full bully mode now. Keep rocking. Don't do that. Don't don't. I like playing the victim role. I like this side of it. Well, you know. Now it's you with the tone in question. Okay. I think I think you should take a breath. You should watch your tone. Jordan. I just think you. It's that's, enough. That's the tone I'm talking about. <laughs> it's enough. About. 
That's the tone I'm talking about. Maybe Keish? You can change the tone a little bit, and then I'll listen. Is that supposed to be me? Then I'll listen. <laughs> That's supposed to be me? Did I do it good? That was good. That's true, too. <laughs> Keyshawn and J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm not Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, neither is he. I'm Shay Cornette. He's Jordan Cornette, and he's bugging me, so we're going to go to a break. <laughs> what happens if the top team in the country loses without their Hall of Fame coach? The answer is next. The Cornettes in for Keyshawn, Stop J. Will, and Zubin. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Stop. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin on a Friday morning. Shea Cornette and Jordan Cornette filling in. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, and that's where we're going to go right now because Gary Barta, Iowa Athletic Director and the College Football Playoff Committee Chairman, joins us. We've got some college football games going on today, going on tomorrow. It's a nice full slate. But the big news that came out this week was the fact that Nick Saban did test positive for COVID-19. He will not coach. He will not be on the sidelines for Alabama's game this weekend against or in the Iron Bowl, rather. Now, Nick Saban... And the Alabama Crimson Tide are number one in, in the college football playoff right now. Gary, how are you? Good morning. I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation. Should the Alabama Crimson Tide lose this weekend in the Iron Bowl, does it matter that Nick Saban won't be on the sidelines? Will that change anything by the way you guys view this win or loss? Well, good morning, Shay. Good morning, Jordan. And uh, yeah, the, the uh, 2020 has a lot of twists and turns and certainly – uh, the pandemic that our entire country is going through uh, is included in those twists and turns. Coach Saban, um, you know, we'll, we'll be certainly aware of anybody who's not participating. It's a little different with a coach probably than, uh, than a student athlete. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're going to evaluate. We're going to watch the game and see, uh, you know, see who comes out on top, uh, being aware that, that Coach Saban uh, won't, be, won't be on the sidelines. And, and I just want to say, you know, we worry about and we think about, rightly so, the competitive side of this. But uh, anybody who's struck with the virus and, and Coach Saban included, just hope he's OK. Gary, one of the interesting things that came out of the, the initial release of the CFP rankings was uh, a lot of people noticed that Clemson jumped up a spot 
uh, moved ahead of Ohio State, despite the fact that they had that one loss at Notre Dame, albeit without their star quarterback Trevor Lawrence and their starting linebacker James Skalski. Uh, what factored into that jump from a one-loss Clemson from four to three? Well, uh, related to what Shea asked, uh, you know, about COVID and, and, you know, who's available, who's not available, certainly uh, we looked at several things as a committee. One, Clemson uh, has dominated every game set aside the Notre Dame game, has dominated in every game they played. They had a, a number, a top 10 win over Miami earlier in the season. And the committee did uh, watch the game, Notre Dame, a terrific football game if you're a college football fan. Um, even though uh, Trevor Lawrence was unavailable, as were uh, three key defensive players for for uh, uh, Clemson. So uh, when it was all said and done, just you know, both both terrific teams losing to the number two team in the country in Notre Dame uh, kept Clemson uh, where it is at number three. But um, you know that was certainly considered. Gary Barda, Iowa AD and College Football Playoff Committee Chairman, joining us now. So number two Notre Dame is going to be in action today against North Carolina. How much consideration did you and the committee put on the Irish to be number one over Alabama, considering they do have that signature win against Clemson? I'm sorry, Gary. My husband here is a Notre Notre Dame Dame alum. alum. Big matchup so today. I'm, I'm essentially <laughs> asking this question so that he'll he'll leave it all alone. Um, but how much consideration was there in making no, Notre no, no, Dame no, no, the no. number one team Gary, in the country? Gary, why isn't Notre Dame number oh, one? Is goodness. what my wife's trying to Can ask I here. Ask I think. <laughs> Go ahead, Gary. I'm sorry. Do I need to? Do I need to let you guys work this out no, before no. we answer the question? All no, the time in the world. All, right. all, right. That's all the time do. in the world ain't going to help, Gary. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I understand. As uh, as a, a guy who's been happily married for 26 years, I understand, Jordan. Well. Uh, here, you know, in all seriousness, you know, Jordan can afford to be biased. Uh, the committee works very hard uh, to avoid bias. And I would just say Alabama, you know, I think even Jordan would, would acknowledge the fact that Mac Jones and that offense, you know, they, I, they've, they've scored about 50 points a game. Uh, their, their closest uh, victory, uh, I think every team they've beaten by 15 points or more, including uh, number five, Texas A&M and number nine, Georgia. So, uh, great discussions about everybody near the top, but uh, the committee was uh, was uh, very solid in putting Alabama at number one. Shay, feel free to interrupt me since I interrupted you on this one as I try Go to ahead. prepare this next question for Gary. Uh, again, we understand the COVID situation and how it's impacting uh, teams with being able to play certain games, games dropping off the schedule, late starts for conferences. But the ACC is a conference that can confidently say, they're playing more games than the rest. When you look at a conference like that that currently has, now with Notre Dame joining the ACC, two teams currently in the college football playoff with Notre Dame and Clemson, will you look at that as advantageous or a check mark in the positive column that, no, that the ACC has been able to play more games and therefore have more tests if they do have maybe one loss as opposed to an undefeated team that's played less that has a chance to have a path to the playoff? Well, I would tell you the committee goes into this season uh, acknowledging what everybody knows, and that is, uh, wow, talk about the most unusual college football season, at least in, in my career, in my lifetime. I even I think there uh, we're up to at least 10 games that aren't going to be played uh, this weekend. So we, we went into this past week evaluating some teams that had played three games and trying to compare them to teams that have played eight or nine games and, and that in and of itself is a challenge. So we're, we're just committed to saying, okay, 
what's in front of us. So if, if Notre Dame, uh, if, assuming that and it looks like they're going to play today against uh, North Carolina, they'll have nine games that we've been able to evaluate versus uh, I see USC, unfortunately, is not going to be able to play. So they've played three games so far. That definitely will have to factor in because we'll have more information about Notre Dame's resume than we will. And again, I'm just using USC as an example, we'll have less information. So it will factor in, but we are going to take that into account. We're also going to take into account uh, the, just what a team looks like and how good they are. So just trying to balance those two things. Uh, certainly, the more information we have, the more games we're able to watch, the easier it is to make a full assessment. Gary Barta, Iowa AD, College Football Playoff Committee Chairman, joining us now on the Shell Doyle Performance Line. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Shea Cornette, and Jordan Cornette filling in. So you mentioned those games, Gary, being canceled um, this weekend, one of which is number 7 Cincinnati having their game canceled against Temple, and their open date of December 5th is now taken off the table due to COVID restrictions and concerns and protocols, et cetera. So how does the committee evaluate that when they do meet again eventually, hopefully sometime? Well, what we do as a committee is uh, we work very hard to not project into the future because, and, and this is a great example. This year is a great example of not looking ahead and only evaluating. Once this week ends, we'll take every game that was played, we'll add it to our, our review, and we'll evaluate as we, as we put together uh, on Tuesday the, the next week's uh, top 25, we'll only evaluate the games that have been played. We won't go back and say, boy, this one could have been played. This one might be played in the future. Uh, isn't it a shame that this team wasn't able to play another game, et cetera? We'll, we'll not talk about any of that. We will just, and as hard as it is, uh, we will just focus on, we, we, we put a top 25 together this past week. We evaluated that. We'll add to that any games that are able to be played this week, and we'll just keep building from there. I hope that, that yep. explains what you're asking. Yep. But we're not going to look ahead because we don't even know you know, I, I am an athletic director, and so until last night, I was just, you know, watching the COVID testing process and wanting to make sure that uh, Iowa and Nebraska passed all the all the check marks. We did, and we're going to be able to play today, and I, I have no idea, you know, as we head into next week. So it's just that's how week-to-week, day-to-day uh, 2020 is. Yeah, Gary, and I'm glad you mentioned the fact that you are the athletic director, director there at Iowa. Iowa happens to have, in my opinion, best basketball player, and in many opinions, uh, out there, the best player in the country, and Luca Garza, a big fella's fun to watch with his back to the basket, and it's a very good team there in Iowa with a legitimate chance to win a national championship. Because you're the athletic director, uh, I, I know you want to see this team go out there and achieve what's in front of them, but college basketball has a lot of hurdles in front of them as well. We've seen games dropped off on those schedules. It faces a different set of challenges because of the roster size, as, say, college football does. Uh, what is your confidence level that your really good Iowa team and your really good Luca Garza can move forward and achieve special things amidst this COVID era that they two face? Well, thanks for letting me take off my CFP hat and put on <laughs> my, my Iowa hat. And with that said, uh, Luca Garza, is, as great as he is as a player, uh, he's as a quality of person. And it's just been so much fun. It's glad, I'm so glad that he decided to come back. Uh, you know, and so we do have a lot of opportunity in front of us. One of the things that Fran McCaffrey has talked about is in addition to Luca, this year depth in college basketball may be as important as, as star quality because, you know, any given week, uh, if, if you have a COVID issue, you know, in the Big Ten, that's a 21-day uh, minimum 
process that a student athlete's going to go through. So in addition to having Luca, you know, we have uh, Jordan Bohannon is back. And, and I think uh, basketball fans are, are familiar with him. And I could go through the roster. We just have, we have a lot of depth. So around Luca are a lot of quality players. But at, at the same time, I, I think I heard, and, and you'll have to verify it, but I think I've heard that already uh, just getting started this Wednesday in men's basketball, already over 130 games in college mm-hmm. basketball have been canceled. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it is going to be a test of not only skill, but also of survival uh, and avoiding the pandemic. So uh, I'm, we're very excited on our campus. We got underway uh, the other night, and the team looked good. We play again. So we're fortunate we play football uh, uh, today at 12 o'clock with, uh, with Nebraska uh, here in Iowa City. And then we also have a, a basketball game at 4 o'clock. So I'm, what I'm really excited about, Jordan, and, and you two can relate to this, the fact that our student-athletes in all sports have worked so hard mm-hmm. to work through all the challenges uh, that they actually get to start playing games. That's, that's probably what I'm most excited about. Without a doubt. Gary Barta, Iowa AD and College Football Playoff Committee Chairman, we appreciate the time. Thanks for the insight on both Iowa and the Playoff Committee. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks much to both of you. Thank Happy you. Happy holiday. Thank you. Same to you. So let's go back to the NFL. What will happen to the Ravens if they're without their MVP on Sunday? That's next. This is ESPN Radio and your smart speakers everywhere. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Shea Cornett and Jordan Cornett filling in on this Friday morning. There's a lot of news going on around the NFL, but the big one today is the fact that Lamar Jackson did test positive for COVID-19. We found this out last night as we were all probably passed out after eating too much turkey. Um, True. And, and so the Ravens have got some issues now. They've had 12-plus players, personnel, et cetera, test positive. Um, they're in quarantine. We're calling this essentially an outbreak now with the Ravens. Their game against the Steelers was supposed to be last night on Thanksgiving in primetime. It got pushed to Sunday. And now with this news, especially about Lamar Jackson and all the other players, because we keep seeing these positive tests, Sunday's game is now in question. Here's Adam Schefter, our ESPN NFL insider, on Lamar Jackson's availability going forward. Typically, we've seen players who have tested positive miss two games. And again, as you pointed out, the Ravens at this time are currently scheduled to play on a short week next week, Thursday night, against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we don't know whether that game will be played. There's a lot up in the air right now. Maybe the NFL, as Field Yates, my colleague, pointed out, could juggle the Washington Steelers game that's supposed to be on Sunday, move it up to Thursday, move back the Baltimore-Dallas game. Again, a lot of decisions that the league is going to be sifting through in the league office on Friday and trying to come up with the most fair and equitable way to deal with this particular scenario. 
Okay. So typically he's right. We have seen starting quarterbacks, for example, Cam Newton, let's use him, miss two games when they have been tested positive for COVID-19. There's a 10-day quarantine period. So at this point, even if this game is pushed back, let's say till next Thursday, we probably still wouldn't see Lamar Jackson. You'd see Robert Griffin the third. That's not just Lamar Jackson as as the one of the players that have tested positive. There's been a plethora of them. The Ravens have already had their bye week. They had it in week seven. Their game against the Steelers was supposed to be Thursday, moved to Sunday. They're supposed to be on a short week, as Shefty just mentioned, and they're supposed to play Dallas on Thursday. What do you do if you are the NFL at this point? And they're going to have to make a decision at some point today. It's Friday. I mean, teams are supposed to fly out tomorrow. Like, we've got to figure things out here. So what do you do? Do you create an extra week, which in my opinion would be the smartest thing to do? Because then if this happens again in the future, you're not searching for answers and rearranging everyone's schedule all over again. Like that one week when we were moving buys and everything else. You've already done that. So just add the extra week and give yourself some flexibility and save the headache. I don't understand the pushback well, with that. It, because the headache is created then for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not the option they want. And we had Jeremy Fowler on earlier in the show today, and, and, and he agreed with me in the fact that if this game gets moved, let's say, just a few days, that's more beneficial to the Steelers if they say, hey, we're going to play this game on like a Tuesday, a Ravens reschedule with the Cowboys, figure that one out down the road. Because the Steelers are the undefeated Steelers. Steelers have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations this year. Uh, the Ravens, they're still in the hunt, obviously, so, but they're not the Steelers. And to make these Steelers, because of uh, not adhering to protocol within the Ravens staff that got them to this point, is it fair then for potentially even at that point an undefeated Ravens team in Week 18 if things go smoothly for them? Either way, one of the top teams in the NFL to then go out to play the Ravens, their rivalry game right before the playoffs? That's not very ideal. Playoffs, yeah, that's what we're talking about with the Steelers here. So that's not ideal either. Another big question that comes from this, naturally, at the at the the, the forefront of all this is you hope every player recovers uh, healthy and a speedy recovery to all of them. Lamar Jackson being out for the Ravens, whenever they do play football again, if he is still out and does end up missing two games, let's say this game is played on Sunday, be surprised if it is. This team is going to be in a bad way in that game and in a bad way versus the Cowboys if that game holds and is played on Thursday. The whole scenario for the Ravens and, and blueprint to success has been defense do their job. Offensively, we lack of creativity. Lamar Jackson, go out there and be great. RG3 doesn't give you that. So that could be a loss on a schedule. This is an offense that's trying to regain its rhythm too. Lamar Jackson removed for two weeks, coming back for the back stretch albeit a soft schedule, but there's no guarantees there with how this offense is looked. So the Ravens season is completely flipped on its own head. Okay, let's move to Mike McCarthy. Is he really on the hot seat after just 11 games? We'll dive in. That's next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.